Bonjour, film lovers. Did you know that you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher Radio? We also have a website, realnerdspodcast.com, where you can find cool articles and other ways to listen to the podcast. You can also follow us on social, Facebook at Real Nerds Podcast, and Twitter and Instagram at Real Nerds. You can also call us at 720-6-NERDS-5. We will listen to it, we will play it, and we will probably commentate on it. Also, email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Anyway, enjoy the episode. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ming Chen from AMC's Comic Book Men. Listen, I have my own podcast. I have my own podcast studio. I don't really care about those. What I really care about is the Real Nerds podcast, the best podcast in the universe, in the multiverse, in, in, on all Earth, 616 and beyond. Listen to it. Subscribe right now and uh, listen to this episode. Listen to all the episodes, but especially listen to, the, listen to the one that I'm on. It might be the best. Thank you, guys. Camera, action! Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd Don't can... Don't be- talk film! I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Take it outside. Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, where for 10 years we've gone to see a new movie and podcasted our experience of the world. This week we watched The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. I almost blew it again. Uh, <laughs> stay tuned. It's a mouthful. <laughs> stay tuned to a few minutes from now where we will review the movie in our new format where we review the movie at the beginning of the show. And then afterwards we will talk about movie news. Um, what, what's the other thing we do? Uh, we'll we'll listen in on what the other nerds have to say when they call in, uh, and the big box office combat comeback. Usually, Brian's doing this. Um, yeah, I know hosting yeah. gig, but uh, he could not make it to the movie this week, and uh, he is in a uh, patient zero level household right now. <laughs> his he's he's been working hard and everyone's sick, so uh, it's it's up to us to talk about this movie. Ryan works hard. <laughs> yeah, right. Probably just sits in his car eating donuts all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Browsing his phone. Hey, Brad, I smell bacon. Do you smell bacon? <laughs> <laughs> Not right now, but I'm sure uh, Thursday we will. <laughs> we all watch uh, Doctor Strange together. Yeah, that's right. We all got our tickets to the Alamo. 1040 at night. How long is the movie? Did they say yet? I mean, hopefully it's more than three hours so that people you know, don't complain on the internet. You know? Oh, um, wait, 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 more than three hours so that people don't complain. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm making fun of them. I was going to say that, that there's got... like too much, too much Marvel movie. Yeah. I was going to say like, if they do that, then I don't want to hear anybody. Comp- I, they better not do that. Or otherwise I don't want to hear any more complaints about the Irishman ever again. But that's beside I, the I point. Four hours of justice league in a theater and it was delightful. So if there mm-hmm. was a four hour Marvel movie, I mm-hmm. I don't know what you're doing with your life to where that's a problem for you. I mean, three hours is the thing, man. That's how they get you in for an experience at the movie house. Because you all won't go to other things. You're getting more movie for the same price. Stop mm-hmm. complaining. Yeah, I know. 
just it goes back to what i'm saying you got the the comic book community tends to get a lot more of things in theaters than i do so i don't want to hear any complaining ever ever but that's beside the point but yeah no we're gonna go at the uh alamo sloan's lake uh and uh it looks like corinne's gonna join us too maybe i don't know no she said 10 10 40 is way too late for her oh and she doesn't like the alamo so why does she like the alamo what did they do to her i don't know i don't know (laughs) um yeah let's talk about the unbearable weight of massive talent zach what'd you think of unbearable weight of massive talent i had a lot of fun with the movie (laughs) it's it's really good um I have a few I have a few minor complaints, but um I, I can't really uh complain about like the experience. This movie could have been absolutely terrible. So um I guess the fact that we are uh we we got this version of it is actually quite a surprise because I thought this might be like a low rent affair. But the moment I saw these trailers, I'm like, oh, we're in for something very unique and Sure enough, we got a pretty unique movie. So, yeah, I'd say go check it out. Uh, that rationale of it could have been terrible applies to every movie. <laughs> well, but you haven't one, seen yet the way that this the way that this was sold. I was just like, how good is this going to be? Like, how how palpable is the meta humor and the satire going to be? And sure enough, it delivers. Uh, yeah, I liked it too. I was surprised about how meta it is, not just in the Nicolas Cage's filmography aspect, but also just in the screenwriting aspect um, of how it's like a movie within a movie within a movie structure. Um, There was some things that I were kind of a bummer for me, but overall it was a fun time. Um, So yeah, here's the trailer for the unbearable weight of massive talent. And when we come back, we'll do spoilery discussions of things. What's the worry here, Nick? You've lost some of your talent as an actor? No. (laughs) What did he say? He says he loves you, but he went in a different direction. I'm done. I'm quitting acting. Tell the trades it was a tremendous honor to be a part of storytelling and myth-making. Ah, fuck, man. I'm driving through the hills. I'm sorry. One more time. We got another offer. It's a million bucks. It's to attend a wealthy gentleman's birthday party. I would never do that. It's the easiest gig ever. You play yourself. What do we know about this guy anyway? Is he into something strange? It's not like he's going to want you to suck his dick or fuck his wife or watch you watch him fuck his wife. I wouldn't think so. Welcome to Mallorca, Mr. Cage. The guy that owns this house, what's his name? Javi. Is Javi going to want me to uh, play him Javi? Nick Cage. God, this place is stunning. What is your favorite movie? That's one of those questions that's impossible to answer. You can't just limit it to one. Imagine me and you. I do. Is it too much? Okay. Is this supposed to be me? It's grotesque. I'll give you 20,000 for it. Position. I think that's the actor Nick Cage. Nick Cage? I love you. 
Have you seen Croods 2? I'm 44 years old. Why the fuck would I see Croods 2? I've seen Face Off and Con Air. What do you guys want? We're with Central Intelligence. Do you know who you're spending time with? One of the most ruthless men on the face of this planet. I need you to help the U.S. government. Let's kill this world. Find a way into that room, Nick. I can see myself doing more of this stuff. I think I might have a real gift for it. Good, because we got another mission for you. No, 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 no. Your friend is working for the U.S. government. Don't lie to me. Are those my golden guns? They're my golden guns. I don't want to kill you. You're the last person I want to kill. I love you. I love you. I'm Nick fucking... So yeah, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent is a movie uh, kind of about Nicolas Cage's career. He plays, a, it, it, and actually it's it's a lot like the, I think, 2008 movie JCVD with Jean-Claude Van Damme, where he's, yeah. uh, you know, they're thrust into a made-up situation that's supposed to be real life, where they're playing a character of themselves as themselves. Um and they kind of analyze their career as they do it. And that's what this movie does. Uh, Nick Cage is struggling to uh, get cast in this part that he really wants um, and doesn't get it. So he takes a second job, uh, just appearing at a birthday party for someone who he thinks is like a, you know, big connected cartel guy. Um, Javi is just a big Nicolas Cage fan. And he has his own screenplay that he wants to get made. And so um, when Nicolas Cage goes to Javi's private island, uh, the FBI interrupts and tells him that Javi is this big, dangerous cartel guy, and they want Nicolas Cage to spy on him for them. And there's, um, you know, maybe that's true, maybe it's not. And uh, as you go along, Nicolas Cage just kind of reconnects with uh, what he enjoys about acting again. And uh, yeah. What did I miss, Zach? Not much. <laughs> you pretty much nailed it on the head. Um, yeah. I, I think the thing I liked, uh, like beyond just uh, like revisiting all these like inside jokes about uh, Nicolas Cage's filmography, like there's, you know, it's fun when they'll pull, I forget the quote was, but like they reference like Captain Crowley's mandolin as being like uh, this misunderstood genius um like stuff like that is fun they'll, like, they'll just drop a movie title out of out of nowhere but um the fact that everything is foreshadowed early on of how the movie's going to play out uh and much like i guess hot fuzz does um yeah. you know where where there's the movie that javi wants to make ends up becoming the movie that they're, they're in you know yeah yeah no it's um uh it's 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 interesting how they're playing within that layer within a layer because there's certain cuts that especially at the beginning and end that lay into a different mindset and they try to dip into being John Malkovich territory with Nicky Cage his a figment of Nick's imagination yeah um, which is supposed to be 
my 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 girlfriend didn't understand and i had to be like well it was in this movie called wild at heart and he did this talk show appearance and it's kind of crazy so um you know like that 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 joke was really fucking funny so um and then to have them kick into his subconscious for one at one point to have nikki berating him and at one point nikki makes um ma- makes, makes love out to with him. himself yeah makes out with himself <laughs> in a scene that i think got one of the biggest laughs in the theater hands down um and it's got some interesting little cameos like david gordon green is in this movie as himself as nicholas cage is pitching to him um green had him in the movie joe uh a few years back so that's that's a nice little callback uh and uh I, i'll tell you actually what surprised me was that ike Barinholtz and tiffany haddish get fucking slayed in this movie <laughs> like <laughs> i wasn't expecting them to get the to, to get eliminated <laughs> yeah there th- that was part of two parts of the movie where i felt like it was rushed and wrapped up rather quickly and unceremoniously uh yeah because they seem like a big part of the plot and then it's almost like they die off screen practically um and then at the very end like we spent all this time building up this bromance with him nicholas cage and, and javi but at the at the premiere of the movie you know they just kind of exchange words and then go you know go about their lives and it um and it just kind of gets thrust back into um you know focusing on nicholas cage and his family and i felt like you know, we spent so much time with Javi to, for him just kind of like, all right, cool. Like it, it, it kind of felt like, and then Poochie went back to his home planet, you know? <laughs> um, Interesting so, comparison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, it's, we spent so much time with him to get like developing this friendship and then it felt, it felt like they weren't going to hang out again ever. So. I will um, tell you, there was one thing that disappointed me with this movie, but it's not a disappointment that I can't get past. And it's the fact that it did turn into the action movie that we might have expected it to become because I was like kind of hoping they wouldn't go down that route. But the way they handled the action plot by the end, I was more than satisfied with. Um, It's just that I kind of wish that they had just stayed on that island and kept it a character piece. Um, But I I guess I I don't know how else you would have resolved the movie if it hadn't been for them going down that direction. So Yeah, and even the movie suggests like that's how the movie has to be because that's how the people would finance it, would want it. So Right, which seems, which in a sense is actually very smart of the screenwriters to be like, let's address the fact that nothing nothing without an explosion gets made right now. (laughs) Like, which I, I totally agree with. And the fact that you you're you're dealing with like his whole goal is to like part of his goal is to get into a big blockbuster movie um, or to make a big comeback of sorts. And Nikki Cage keeps trying to tell him to go down the road of Marvel or DC or whatever. And then, you know, the, the, the dilemma in Cage's head then becomes like, do I even want to do this at all? Like, I appreciate how it handles discussions about actors to an extent and what it's like to be a star and you know cage for all of the career trajectories he's had he is a star he is a movie star and i think that that what this movie does for in a certain respect is actually kind of remind you how big a star he was at a certain point 
and why the direction that most people will be introduced to him in now is so it's is so crushing to to his character in this movie um i want to tell you uh so i went to watch the room this weekend at the esquire and they were they were yeah you know they're telling us about the lineup you know upcoming lineup for a couple months down the road and uh i could not believe and neither could the host when they announced that they were going to play national treasure as a midnight (laughs) i guess not a midnight but as a late night screening the audience went nuts like the best reaction (laughs) i think i've heard for a late night movie there in a long time so you know they're they're rattling off like pacific rim or suspiria or alien um and then they got to national treasure and i was just like yeah the crowd went crazy so at that that room's gonna be crowded that day well it's also rare for a disney movie to get screened at these things right uh no i mean who who framed roger rabbit was just a couple weeks ago so i feel like they knowingly give that one out but Um, like it seems like disney doesn't rescreen its stuff as much unless it's gonna have a stake in reaping the benefits yeah i I was uh i'll give it i've been thinking about the late nights uh a lot lately and just um you know going there for about 20 years and watching for the most part, the same movies get played over and over again, come from the 80s and 90s. And I was like, you know, 20 years from now, what's what from the 2000s and the 2010s are going to, you know, find their way into that lineup? Yeah. Um, and National Treasure is not one I would have thought of. But also, I couldn't really think of any like strong, like cult classics, like not so cult, like Rocky Horror Picture Show or The Room, but you know, mid-range stuff that people would, you know, make an effort to go out and see again, you know? That's like I, rowdy screenings. Yeah. Um, like, a, like a, you know, I'd say Avengers or superhero movies, but um, those feel like too big to um, be, the, be in that lineup. I don't know. So yeah. It makes, me, makes me wonder what the next generation appreciates. Like, what what's their, like, cult classic movie that they love you know from their time right yeah i don't know um it's it's a wait and see period to a certain extent i guess <laughs> yeah i mean we're it's gonna be this decade so yeah um it should be interesting to see what people like yeah like what what, uh, what resonated with people i don't know man i i i i have apparently no gauge on the pop culture pulse if I'm like dismissing Marvel in favor of Martin Scorsese. So I, you're asking the wrong human being. Yeah. I, I just, I've taken for granted, you know, seeing like the thing and stuff and you know, these 40 year old movies come through year after year in that lineup and being like, you know, eventually they're going to get phased out in favor of stuff from 10 years ago. And I, I just don't know what that is. Yeah. I don't know. It is a wait and see, unfortunately, because you never know what's going to catch on in the lexicon in the pop in the pop culture realm. Like it, it, I, I, I'm surprised. I'm well, not surprised. I'm glad that Scott Pilgrim found that. So I'm wondering if, yeah, that's one. Yeah. Like Scott Pilgrim is definitely one that'll keep replaying and replaying. I said cats and jest, but I do sincerely think that the, like that's that's one where people have found a midnight cult connection to making fun of this big budget flop. Um, 
you know, I think Mandy has a good chance at that. Um, I think Mandy had enough of a following that it'll continue on with people wanting to check it out and movies like what we just discussed certainly help with that. Um, you know, uh, pig might have that. You never know. I don't think um, it's big enough. Like, uh, never underestimate it. Like, I don't like hear it. anyone but us talking about it. So, uh, no, well, there, there are people who talk about it. You just need like, I'm, this is not said in, uh, uh, in malice, you have to go outside of your Marvel Disney realm to find people who love pick. And that's unfortunately the, the state of it is that like, unless, unless there's a huge exposure and unless somebody latches onto it, like we did, like it's a, it's a movie you're going to discover, but if enough people discover it over time, then you've got a chance, you know? Um, I guess uh, this would be a great question to pose to like a f- Twitter poll of like, you know, what movies would you recommend from the past 10 years that would be a good midnight and let's see what comes up. But anyway, back to uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Um, that's all I got. Yeah, that's about yeah, it. It's no, just it's... a fun. If you're a Nicolas Cage fan and you love his movies, I think it's a pretty, uh, pretty good homage to his career. Yeah. No, yeah, it's it's perfectly it's perfectly wonderful. It's not it's not the greatest movie ever made. It's just a fun ass movie. Like you're just gonna have a fun time. Cool. Yeah. Uh, maybe Ryan will call his review in uh, if he sees it before I edit this. But uh, if not, uh, let's talk about some news. It's real news. All right, nobody else wants to talk about it, so I'll just say it. There's trouble in family land, Brad. There's trouble in the Fast and Furious world. Um, a lot Justin, of directors dropping out of projects, apparently, but go on with this one. Yeah, no, uh, well, I would love to hear the other ones, because this is the big one that I found. Justin Lin dropped out, uh, over fast, uh, dropped out of Fast X. While um, he was working on it. <laughs> while he was working on it like already a week, shooting a week or like what week 10 days in production something like that mm-hmm. um he said in a statement with the support of universal i have made the difficult decision to step back as director of fast x while remaining on the project as a producer uh over 10 years five films uh with the best we'd be able to shoot the best actors the best stunts and the best damn car chases on a personal note as a child of asian immigrants i am proud to help build the most diverse franchise in film history i will forever be grateful to the amazing cast and crew and studio for their support and for welcoming me into the fast family. Um, that was reported a, f- a few days back. Now the reports are coming in that apparently Vin Diesel's difficult behavior is at the root of this. <laughs> um, uh, apparently he is showing up late to set, uh, doesn't know his lines and is out of shape <laughs> or showing up out of shape. Um, yeah. Um, None of this surprises me in all honesty. I think the idea of him dropping out that while in production is this is the surprising part. Um, and he's giving up a very big payday to um, uh, to uh, exit from this. Uh, it's so, not really. He's a producer, so probably gets I mean, more money for that than directing. Yeah, but that's like an ad- like he probably had additional money attached now. 
It does look like, though, that they have found uh, a director, Louis Leterre, uh, who directed The Incredible Hulk, um, Now You See Me and The Takedown, uh, has apparently signed on. Uh, so looks like the Fast Saga will conclude under the direction of Louis Leterre. Um, so, yeah, um, the day has been saved, quote unquote. But, um, yeah, this is... Um, I don't love I don't love this franchise, but I don't hate this franchise. But I always am amazed by the drama going on behind this franchise. Like it deserves a documentary. Like fifteen years, twenty years later, we need to get everybody in front of camera and just like hash out that drama. <laughs> I want that. Like you know how Nightmare on Elm Street and uh, Jason have their own like ten hour documentaries. <laughs> I want that for the Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> Um, and apart from that, we do have a death to report. Uh, the legendary Neil Adams has passed away uh, at the age of 80 uh, do- due to complications from sepsis. Um, Brad, you're a bigger comic book guy than I am, but Neil Adams, even I know him. He was very influential in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, most of my familiarity with him uh, runs along the, the Batman comics, but he was huge across, like, I think both uh, definitely DC, but I think a little Marvel too. Um, and for uh, yeah. context, what did he do to bolster the Batman world? Uh, I, as far as I like, I'm not a huge expert on him, but he he was part of that 70s, 80s Batman run where they brought him back to the Dark Knight Detective. Um, right. A lot of you know merchandise around the Batman 89 um, uh, promotions. You know, even though the movie was out with Tim Burton style, a lot of uh, merchandise had the you know blue cowl gray uh suit uh look and uh a lot of that was uh his style um yeah and uh he was also frequently in booths near us at uh denver comic-con slash pop culture con um and uh yeah kind of regret uh not jumping in there i don't think i have any of his books um because i mostly collected 90s and 2000s uh until recently so i'm not sure um I'm sure his books are now just went up in price big time. So um, wasn't he behind some of the like revamping of the green lantern? I want to say. Yeah. Um, uh, he's on Kevin Smith's uh, on, on Smodcast talking about how, uh, you know, he advocated for the John Stewart green lantern mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah. And um, additionally with the Batman, he gave us man bat and Raza Ghoul. Or Raisha Ghoul, however you pronounce it. I don't care anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he's an icon and uh, kind of surprised that uh, he passed because, yeah, we were just yeah. uh, hanging around him a couple of years ago at Con. So, um, yeah, hugely popular, tough to get in, <laughs> yeah, to get stuff signed and talked to. So, um, but yeah, an icon, definitely an icon. And he's up there on the Mount Rushmore of DC contributors so hands down he will be missed and commas contributors yeah yeah wonderful oh and uh uh, uh mark watt or john watts uh he was uh he dropped out of fantastic four so oh that's, that's, that's right yeah okay gotcha gotcha um yeah no um yeah me you just need to break <laughs> <laughs> or they don't know what they're doing with Fantastic Four yet, so I wouldn't expect them to show up in uh, Doctor Strange on Thursday. So, 
Yeah, no, no, uh, don't stay tuned for that. But yeah, it's an interesting development because uh, people were super excited about that. Yeah, but I I understand the way I, I, I the way he describes it. It's just like he just needs a break, and it's like I understand you're stuck in Marvel Land for a couple of years. You want to get out for a little bit and see what else is out there. For sure. Um, <laughs> here's the big box office comeback. All right. It's a bit of a light week here at the box office. Um, the bad guys coming in at number one with 16 million, uh, $16.1 million, losing 32% over the weekend. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 staying in strong number two with $11.3 million. Uh, Fantastic Beasts and the Secrets of Dumbledore coming in at $8.3 million, with The Northman coming in at fourth at $6.3 million for a good haul of about $22 million so far. But The Northman has a lot to catch up on in order to, um, you know, <laughs> justify $90 million. Um, and uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, which we reviewed on the show, is coming in at number five. It gained... 80 percent uh for a five million dollar haul to bring it in at 35 million dollars i'd love to see that the movie's gaining traction i heard it's a 24's highest grossing movie now and i did not know it has an imax release what in some places yeah so not here apparently yeah it might be a coastal thing but um yeah there's an imax version of that movie so if you can find it i guess check that out yeah that's pretty, um, and pretty good success story for them. I agree. Um, and uh, coming in at number six, we have The Lost City coming in at 3.9. Our, our movie of the week, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, coming in at 3.9 also. And virtual similar numbers off by 10,000 uh, for The Lost City. And then a movie called Memory with Liam Neeson at 3.1. Father Stew with Mark Wahlberg coming in at 2.2. And Morbius at number 10 with 1.5 million for a total of $71 million. Wow. Okay. Ouch. Thanks. We don't what? usually do the top ten. We just usually just stick to the movies of the week. But good to That's know. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, well, it's good to know what the flow of the box office is too by listing off that top ten. Um, but yeah, no, it's um it's what it is out there in Hollywood land. Hopefully, Doctor Strange will shove in some more seats there. Um, and uh hopefully some other films that aren't Marvel related. Who knows? We'll see. I like again, I like that everywhere, anywhere, <laughs> everything everywhere all at once is gaining some traction. It looks like it just keeps growing. For sure. Uh cool. Let's see if anyone called in this week for segments. I know I did. Hey film buddies, follow me around Denver. And this week at the drive-in, uh the holiday twin lineup is being I guess figured out right now because I'm online at HolidayTwin.com and they have Doctor Strange on screen one, but their other three options have not been filled out yet. Um, So if you're looking for Doctor Strange, it'll be there this weekend, I think. I just don't know what else it'll be with. Um, But of course, you can go to that website, HolidayTwin.com and find out for yourself closer to Friday. Uh, The 88 drive-in. Still has Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and Morbius in the lineup, and there's no indication of Doctor Strange, but uh, 
you know, this lineup could change on Thursday. So definitely check out 88drivein.net every week uh, in case I um, my podcasting is not timely, which is frequently isn't anymore. So apologize for that. But I you know, still want to give these great venues a shout out. Um, and lastly, uh, I will remind everyone that the final Starfest is next weekend, the 13th, 14th, and 15th of May at the Hyatt Regency Denver, not the Marriott. Uh, just a couple hotels down the street. Uh, the last one ever. You can get tickets early uh, online at starland.com. Is it starland.com? It might be Starfest. Dang it. Starfest Denver. Do that. Starfestdenver.com. Sorry. Uh, it used to be Starland. That's how old I am. Uh, Starfestdenver.com. Uh, yeah, to get tickets there. Uh, I don't know if they have rooms available still. Um, just communicate with the Hyatt Regency for that. But uh, yeah. Come hang out and send off this great local con for the last time um, to celebrate its its life and legacy. And, uh, yeah, that's what's going on around town. Hey, Brad here, introducing a brand new segment I thought up called Brad Recommends, where each week I will just recommend something that I like, and I won't go into any detail about it. You just have to take my word for it because I have the best opinions and the best taste in movies, and that's all you need to know uh, in order to enjoy these recommends that I have. So for this week, and for this week, I'm actually going to go back a couple weeks to things I enjoyed that I didn't get to talk about because we have axed our What Are We Watching segment. And I'm going to say that everyone should go check out a movie called New York Ninja. It's currently being redistributed by Vinegar Syndrome, and it's awesome. It's a schlocky 80s action martial arts film and it was abandoned and someone found the footage and then re-edited it and redubbed it and it's incredible um so it's a ton of fun check that out oh and i finally watched coda and that was great so i recommend that and that's brad recommends for this week Thanks, everyone, for that extra information. Um, gosh, what are we seeing next week? Next week, um, I think we're seeing the Irishman Extended Edition. Um, oh, my God. I, it, it's coming directly to theaters. Um, strangely enough, I'm surprised that Scorsese allowed it out. Um, and you're all required to sit there the entire time. You don't just get to break it up in Netflix chunks. So um, is this is about time for you to give up the show now, Brad? <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're not doing that. We're going to go watch Dr. Strange. Oh, okay. That sounds fine too. <laughs> yeah, that sounds way better. <laughs> Can't believe there's any footage left of the Irishman to make an extended I'm, cut. I'm joking. There is no, <laughs> there is no extended cut coming out of the movie. Much to my chagrin. <laughs> that movie wasn't edited at all. It was shot linearly. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go to film a Schumacher. Have used. Re- replay that quip of yours and have her come beat you <laughs> so violent <laughs> keep my name out of your mouth <laughs> keep my brad's name out your damn mouth <laughs> uh yes that's it for Greenland's podcast this week uh thanks everyone for chiming or tuning in chiming in you can't talk to us. You can you can text us. 
you know, on Twitch, but you can't you can't talk to us on this show and like or you, you can call the voicemail, which what people need to do so we can keep it. Google frequently threatens to discontinue it because it's so inactive. Uh, okay. Yeah, call the uh, God. What is it? Seven two zero six nerds fives and leave mm-hmm. some some voicemails so we can uh, play them on the show and yeah, contribute to our conversation because we're pretty boring. <laughs> yeah. Um, nah, not so, mo- not so boring. I mean, don't forget right after Dr. Strange, we have film explosion 92. I think so. Yeah. Might be the Get week after. Listen. Probably the week after. Yeah. We're not sure if we, if we want to see Firestarter or not. Oh, okay. After. And then I, I think there's a dead week after that one. So we might f- put film explosion there, but gotcha. Okay. We shall well, see. I still need lists from people. Yeah. All right. Well, oh, no, I've got mine. I'll just shoot. Let me just fucking screenshot to the DNF. Um, but yeah, no, um, uh, film explosion 92, send your lists, uh, to Facebook, Twitter, uh, real nerds at gmail.com. Any other place you can find a way to get a hold of us, send us your list of the best films of 1992 and we will read them on the show. Voicemail it in. <laughs> Voicemail it in. Yeah, we can play it. Yeah. Can't so we, we, Brad? So we don't have to like spend 20 minutes reading awkwardly at the end of the show. We, you can just you, do it in your own that voice. Is, that is no way to call out James's mom without calling out James's mom. <laughs> <laughs> I was calling out myself for butchering uh the the rhythm of everyone's writing that's that is true you don't do carol's writing justice at all you're a monster no i'm pretty terrible (laughs) uh just kidding i love you buddy thanks um yeah say the word zach the word zach so lame good night you shot a real nerd and follow the plot of a real nerd Look at all the gods Lights, camera, action Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6NERDS5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bologna for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it. <laughs>